Often on Mother's Day, we think of the the Proverbs 31 woman, and there are all sorts of wonderful qualities of mothers in that passage. There's she's trustworthy, she's industrious, she's dignified, generous, wise, and admired by our family. But hopefully, as he was reading that passage, you identified another quality that as a church family we have been covering for the last month. Let me read that to you. Proverbs 31, verse 30, that reads, Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You could go through all these qualities in the 31st chapter of Proverbs, and there is one that stands as the most enduring one. And it has to do with a woman's view of God and whether she has a relationship with him or not. Back to verse 30. Charm is deceitful. A woman could be skilled in winking her eye or offering a playful glance. A man can fall for that. It also says there that beauty is vain. I remember when Melody and I were going through a time where we were considering getting married to one another. We were listening to a a series of messages by Tommy Nelson out of Denton Bible Church in Denton, Texas on the Song of Solomon. And I remember him saying something like this, Men, women, just know this, on your wedding day, your husband or wife will never look as good as they do as on that day. And then he said this, it's all downhill from there. I'm not sure that's entirely true, but I do understand what he meant. Is that our, our looks will fade. And so if you are looking, young man, for a potential bride, at the top of your list ought to be this quality. A woman who fears the Lord. Our family was going through devotions this week, and we read Proverbs 11, verse 22. Listen to this. I'm actually reading from the Bible here. It says, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. Translation, a beautiful woman who does not fear God is like a pig with a gold ring in its snout. And so as we've been working through this series of messages on the fear of the Lord for this last month, I am pleading with all of us, including our young ladies and our young men, to hold out this quality above all others in your life, that you would revere God, that you would desire to know Him, And walk with him. What I want to do this morning, and I think as we look to the scriptures at this theme of fearing the Lord, is I want to give you the blessings, the blessings that come 
when we fear the Lord. I've got seven different blessings that we're going to cover today, and we'll be looking at an assortment of different passages of Scripture, largely from the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms. So the first, the first blessing that comes by fearing the Lord is this, forgiveness that leads to eternal life. In our days of studying the fear of the Lord, what we have discovered is that if you're going to study this, then you have to begin with studying who God is. How are you going to fear someone that you don't know who he is? And so during the course of our study, we've paused to consider how God is holy, how he is righteous, how that he is just, and that we ought to have a fear of his judgment. I'm reminded of a few summers ago when our family went out west on a road trip and we camped in the Grand Tetons at the Jenny Lake campground. We waited for our our camping spot and for our family. It takes a little while to get it all set up. We set it up and we observed some signs that says, watch out because there are bears in the area. And it made a pretty specific list of things that we were supposed to do, but we said, do they really believe that? And so we just kind of set up our stuff and we went to the nature center. And when we got back to our campsite, we learned that much of our camping gear had been confiscated. And there was a citation that was put on the picnic table with a rock on it from the campground host that says, you are in violation of leaving your dishes out, your your cookware out. It cannot be out. If you want this back, come to the campground host and you can get it back. And so we went and there was our friend with a a cigar in his mouth and a, a baseball cap that says Vietnam vet. And he says, listen, don't you realize that we have bears here? We've had bears actually go into people's tents. This ain't no joke. You need to get your stuff and you need to pack it up. Well, he put the fear of bears in us at that moment. And you know, for my wife, I'm pretty sure that she did not enjoy the next couple of nights at the Jenny Lake campground because she had a healthy fear. And you know something? Fear isn't always bad, isn't it? We ought to have a healthy fear of God. The opposite of fearing the Lord is to take him flippantly, to ignore him, to take him casually. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And that God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Would you just glance with me in the Gospel of Luke And let's look at Luke chapter 23, verse 39, and the next couple of verses there. The context of this is Jesus hanging on a cross. And do you remember that when he was on the cross, he wasn't there alone. There was a thief on his right, and there was a thief on his left. And if you remember, there was one of those that was casual. They were flippant with their view of Jesus. And the other 
was not. Beginning here in verse 9. It says, rather, verse 39 of Luke 23. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. So one of the men that was on the cross beside him was mocking him. Verse 40. But the other rebuked him saying, Do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, or he said to them, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. You see, the first blessing that comes with the fear of the Lord is a realization that our God is a consuming fire. And He ain't no joke. And if you sin against Him, you will pay the consequences of that. I think for us that live in the city limits of Green Bay, or if you ever drive downtown Green Bay, and you see those parking meters, you've learned that those are not a suggestion. Because there are meter maids that will enforce that flashing light on that parking meter. And those of you who live within the Green Bay city limits, you realize when the sign says to you during the winter plowing season that you cannot park on the street, they are not bluffing. They will enforce that. And if they would do that, just know that the Lord will enforce His punishment upon our sins as well. And that that drives us to seeing a Savior that we can escape God's punishment. And that Savior is Jesus, who died on the cross for us. So that fear of the Lord puts within us a desire to seek a refuge from God's wrath. And when we place our faith in Jesus and we turn from our sins, we may have not only forgiveness, but eternal life. Psalm 85 verse 9 says, Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him, that glory may dwell in our land. So you see the first blessing I would say it to you this way. You cannot be a Christian unless you have a fear of God. Because the fear of God is what drives you to see the need for the Savior of what Jesus has done for you. Now, if you are born again, if you've received the forgiveness, if you are not only experiencing eternal life now, but will forevermore, then there's a second blessing for you. And that is that you will know and apply God's way to life. Not only does the book of Proverbs end with this idea of fearing the Lord, that's what the woman is supposed to do, but it actually began in chapter 1. Proverbs 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 9, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Chapter 15, verse 33, The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. We've been saved because of the fear of the Lord. Now we are to live as a Christian in the fear of the Lord. Not as a slave that that dreads the master, but now as a son or a daughter that loves their father. We spent last week studying Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 5, that speak about how we can cultivate a life of the fear of the Lord that had a lot to do with just your Bible intake, not only reading, not only studying, but memorizing and meditating and hearing and applying and having that as a life of renewing your mind. This is what enables us to have a life to know and apply God's way for it. So when we are doing this, life changes. Our perspective changes. I mean, you could go down to the Neville Museum here in town, and you could admire all the different exhibits. I love that museum. And there's a part there where there's history being told, and as you walk through that, if your mind is being renewed on a daily basis, and you're looking at the the dates that are influenced by evolution, you might read that and say, you know what, there's something here that's not jiving. It's not connecting. This is not what the Bible would say about how this earth came to be. In the same way, you could, well, you could watch the news, you could see it on your screen, or you could hear it with your ears. And as you're listening to the news, it seems like the things that are being told us that are good, the Bible would actually say are bad and and vice versa. When we have a fear of the Lord, there is a discerning ear that we are also equipped with to determine what is right, to determine what is wrong. And here's the wonderful news about this. Unlike our culture where that stuff changes every couple of years, God, His truth, And the scripture never changes. So the truths that you learn as a five-year-old are sufficient and helpful for you as a 95-year-old because God's word remains the same. There's wisdom in the big things. There's also even wisdom in the little things. What should we do for a date night? Where should we go for vacation? How will the Lord help me with this repair that I need to do, just depending on Him? So there's being forgiven. There is knowing and applying God's way. That's another blessing. Let me give you the third blessing of fearing the Lord. It is long life. Long life. Proverbs 10, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Now, when we read the book of Proverbs, we understand that we're reading these truths as generalities. Because you and I both know that there could be people, young in their age, a young woman or a young man, that sense a call into the mission field. And they travel on the other side of the world And there they are inhabited by all sorts of dangerous people that are hostile to the gospel. And they share the gospel, and as a result, they are killed for their faith. 
You might come back and say, well, how in the world can Proverbs 10, verse 27 be true then? Well, in general, most of the people that apply this reverence and respect for God, that know Him as a loving Father, will have their life prolonged. Listen to what Proverbs 14, verse 27 says. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Think about a fountain with me. It is continuous. It is inexhaustible. It is a source. So one who fears the Lord experiences the fullness of life. And that makes sense, doesn't it? One who is respecting God will respect their body. And they're not going to engage in all sorts of reckless activities like sleeping around, taking drugs, getting drunk, and then driving. Temptations will say to you, if you really want to enjoy life, then engage in sin. But the fear of the Lord will say, if you really want to enjoy life, enjoy me. The Bible says, glorify God in your body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Those who respect and revere God will live self-controlled lives. They'll have healthy lifestyles and relationships. For the most part, their families will be harmonious. Marriages will be healthy and supportive. And their lives will have purpose. The funeral yesterday for Gerald Westland, who died at age 98, I was reminded of him in his late 80s and early 90s. We had a man in our church named Richard, who was all about sharing the gospel, wanted to train people and knock on people's doors. And he talked to Jerry, and Jerry said, I'll do that. And so there was a training that took place on Saturday mornings. And then right after that training, they would go out to apartment complexes and knock on doors. And here was Jerry Westland probably in his early 90s, saying, my life's not over. There's a gospel yet to share. I want to get this training. I want to knock on people's doors. I want to share the gospel with them because my life still has purpose. There's this long life that those who fear the Lord will have. Another blessing that comes for those who fear the Lord is provision. Look at Psalm 34, verse 9. I'll just read it for you. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. If a person fears the Lord, they're saved from their sins, they're living wisely, they're using their bodies to glorify God, and what will that lead to? You will be an incredible employee. Because God provides through hard work. Men and women who fear the Lord take Paul's words to heart when he wrote in Colossians 3, verse 23, Whatever you do, work heartedly as for the Lord and not for men. Men and women who fear the Lord lead productive. They're team players. They're trustworthy. They're prompt. They stay away from the office politics when their supervisor is being slandered and they're being tempted to be swept into that, they are reminded, 
I'm not working for this guy anyway. I'm working as unto the Lord. Consequently, these men and women who fear the Lord are employees that are valued and advance through the ranks. Listen to what Proverbs 22 verse 4 says. The reward for humility and fear the Lord is riches and honor and life. God meets the needs of those who fear him. There are examples in the scriptures of people like Joseph, Job, Daniel, Esther, Ruth, who respected and revered God, and we see how the Lord just blessed them. In some cases, bountifully. And so all we really need to do is revere, respect, prioritize our relationship with the Lord. Let me give you the fifth one. This is a a fifth blessing that comes from a life that's cultivating a fear of the Lord, that's living it out, and it is confidence. Proverbs 14, verse 26, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. One who has been forgiven of their sins is no longer relying on their own strength and resources. Their confidence lies in who God is. If God is sufficient, if He is strong and all-powerful enough to save me of my sins, to put me on a course of a relationship with Him, and on my way to heaven, then He is surely sufficient to take care of all of my worries and my problems. So the person who fears the Lord can rest. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. As I was meditating and thinking on these verses, my mind went back to just a few summers ago to a young couple that we had in our church. You remember Joel and Evie. And how we delighted as a church family to see them kind of get together in their mid-twenties, engaged, and we just celebrated their wedding. And then just a matter of days later, Evie had something just really unusual happen, and she unexpectedly died. And I remember... Uh, Joel calling me and saying, something's happened to Evie, would you meet me at St. Vincent's? And so I, I met him over at the emergency room, and it was just a really a long day. She went from the emergency room all the way up to, to intensive care. And as the family began to trickle in, including Evie's dad, who was a missionary, and his uh, mom, her mom, and we just huddled around the, the, the bed there, and it was clear as the news was coming in that Evie was not going to make it. And so we sang these old hymns, just encouraging one another. And then I remember when you hear the beep and you see the numbers on the, on the monitor, and then someone came in and just whispered into Joel's ear, she's gone. But what I will never forget is how Evie's father, Joe, shortly after that, entered into a prayer for all of us to hear in which he prayed, Father, you have been faithful 
to us. And we've trusted you in the good times. And we are going to trust you in this time. We are sad that this has happened today. But we love you. And we know that you are good. And you are going to see us through. Now that was a man who feared the Lord. Who had his confidence, not in himself, but in what the Lord was capable of. And that is proven to be true. You remember what Jesus said is that our hairs on our head are numbered. I looked that up this week, that the average person has a hundred thousand hairs. Now, not all of us have a hundred thousand right now. (laughs) But here's the point, that our Father has numbered them. And if he knows the number of hairs on your head, he knows about all the things that are going on in your life, and he will care for you. That's the blessing that we can have when we have a life that reveres, respects, that is enjoying this relationship with the Lord. Let me give you number six. This one might surprise you, and it's friendship. And when I say friendship, I'm not even referring to one another here. Listen to what Proverbs, rather, Psalm 25, verse 14 says. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And He makes known to them His covenant. The word friendship here in Hebrew is a word that sometimes is translated secrets. You know what we do? Our closest friends we share those secrets with. And this is the picture that's being provided here by David, is that the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. It's those who walk closely with the Lord that He will share insights from His Word that He just doesn't share with everyone. So lest you think this fear of the Lord is something of a master that's intimidating you, it is not at all. It is of a loving Father that cares so much for his daughter and for his son, that he just shares some intimate truths with them. Proverbs 15, verse 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with turmoil. Given the choice between all the possessions that this world can provide in being able to walk in a sweetness of a relationship with my Father, I take this a hundred days out of a hundred. It reminds me of that old hymn that we sing, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by His nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain or to be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. And then the final blessing that we see for those who walk in the fear of the Lord is that their children are the recipients At one time, we feared the Lord's holiness, His judgment, and His wrath. 
but Jesus took our place. Now we have a loving Father. There's a lot of conversation, and there should be, about what happens to our students when they graduate high school. And why is there this big gap that so many of them never come back? And so there's been research, there's been studies, there's been books, and, and I think that's a, that's a pursuit worth following. But I think the Bible would say, and I'm going to show you these verses in a moment, that the number one indicator of our children remaining in the faith is whether mom and dad have an abiding fear of the Lord. I'm just going to read to you some of these verses. They're they're in the brackets of your outline. Deuteronomy 5, verse 21, God speaking to the people said, Oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and keep all my commandments that it might go well with them and with their descendants. Do you see the blessing that comes by mom and dad fearing the Lord and not only goes well with them? but also their descendants. Proverbs 25, rather Psalm 25, verse 12 and 13 says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The man who fears the Lord will see the blessings poured out on their offspring. Psalm 103, verse 17. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children. The blessings not only flow to the children, but also to the grandchildren. Psalm 112, verses 1 through 2. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. We live in a day where there's a lot of competing things for a parent's attention. There's soccer. There's baseball. There's dance. There's play, there's homework, there's scholarships, there's a, there's a university we want to get our kid enrolled in, there's well-paying jobs. But if you don't hear anything else, parents, please hear this. I think what the Bible would say to us is what our children most need of us is that we would fear the Lord. Not just on Sundays, but Sunday to Sunday. When you mess up and you need to ask forgiveness because you fear the Lord. When it comes time to experiencing some stress in your life and your children see you calling out to the Lord because you need His wisdom, that too is fearing the Lord. When you are striving as a wife to live out your role in your marriage and as a husband living out your role in your marriage, just know that you are setting a pattern in place of saying this is what a godly marriage looks like. 
Why would we be surprised to find this truth bore out? Our children follow the same sports teams that we follow. They often drive the same cars and models that that we drive. Some of them even go into the same career that we have gone into. Would we at all be surprised to find out as they have observed our life all these years that they would want to follow the same God that we have? Now, once again, we're speaking in generalities because a husband and a wife can fear the Lord and, and, and provide a perfect role model of that. But ultimately, it's the young boy, it's the young girl's decision on what they will do with that life and with those words of instruction. I'm holding out to you today the blessings of the fear of the Lord. And I'm hoping that this won't be just a short little flash-in-a-pan, four-week sermon series, but I'm hoping, as it would be for you, it would be for me, that this would be something that will stick with us. Let us have a fear, a respect, a reverence for the Lord. So women, moms today, I esteem you to fear the Lord as the most important quality of your life. And I do the same for you, men. If you are pursuing this, all these other qualities will follow. So, how is your fear? How is your respect? How is your reverence? Is that something you are cultivating? Have you allowed the the fear of the Lord to drive you to seeking forgiveness of sins? Well, let's have a word of prayer as we close this message out and I give you an opportunity to respond. What a blessing it has been, our great God, to hear of this quality that is just lifted up for us to say, may it be said, may this be the pursuit of your life that above everything else, you are respecting and revering and the beginning of your life is what as you say and what your word reveals. And I pray as the truth is rung out today from the scriptures that we would all have an opportunity to reflect how is my fear? How is my respect? Am I casual towards you? Flippant? Do I, do I ignore you? Well, then I, I want to give it a time for you, friends, just to confess that. Just right where you're at, confess that attitude towards God. As you're confessing it, say, by your help, I want to place you in the rightful location of my life, the center, high above everything else. Why don't you repent, confess that. then I'd remind you 
If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll forgive us. So receive that forgiveness. And if you've never really trusted Christ to save you from your sins, would you do that today? Do it now. Say, I need you. I'm, I'm still one that is in, his, in her sins. I realize Jesus died for me, and I want to place all my hope in what he has done, receive his gift of life. You could do that now. And then why don't we just conclude our time of prayer right now. What we deserve is judgment, hell. And God has not only saved us, but given to us life. But then we've just revealed all these different blessings that come from a life that fears Him. And why don't you just take a few moments right now just to thank Him for His provision, for the confidence that we can have, for the friendship that we can have, how, how our lives can have a good health to them. And for the blessings that our children are, may we, may we exhibit an example of fearing the Lord that that would be flowed on to them and to our grandchildren as well. Why don't you take some time and thank God. Father, I pray that you would help us to find the right balance here. There's probably some of us in this room that are so prone to be serious that we lack joy in our relationship with you. On the other hand, there are some that are so casual that perhaps they lose sight of the the seriousness of it all. And I pray that you would help us to, to be reverent but also to be able to call you our loving Father that walks as a delight in Him. Lord, thank you for these great truths that we've learned over these last several weeks. And now help us to apply them. In Jesus' name, amen.